You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Salem, Massachusetts, Halloween night, 1993, a kid named Max inadvertently resurrected the Sanderson sisters, Winifred, Sarah, and Mary, a villainous, albeit comedic trio of witches played by Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy, who want the simple things in a witch's life to remain eternally youthful by eating the souls of innocent children. You know, (laughs) that old mundane witch's plan. Over the course of that faithful night, the Sanderson sisters are defeated. And all is right in the world. Critics did not like this movie. Siskel and Ebert called it dreadful and confusing. Other critics called the movie harmlessly hokey, yet never much more than mediocre. A muddled, family-friendly effort that fails to live up to the talents of its impressive cast. But what do critics know, right? This thing wasn't made for them. What a bunch of cranky old white men. This film was made for a generation of millennial kids that considered a downright classic of Halloween filmmaking. We're, of course, Woo! talking about the original Hocus Pocus there. So when it was announced that we'd be getting a Hocus Pocus 2, just shy of 30 years later, it was pretty much assumed by the once children, now cynical 30 to 40 year olds, that this was going to be bad. There are very few 30 years after the fact sequels that live up to the hype and reputation of their predecessors. But is that the case with Hocus Pocus 2? We're here to find out. I am TC DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by my own witch's brood of ne'er do wells, Harmony. <laughs> Kimberly. How's it going? And Doggett. Roomba Doggett. Oh, <laughs> well, before we get into our review, let me just break down the plot of Hocus Pocus 2. 1653 Salem, a young Winifred Sanderson is banished by Reverend Trask after she defies the authority of the church. Rather than let her sisters Mary and Sarah be taken away from her, Winifred escapes with them to the nearby Forbidden Forest, and there they make the acquaintance of Mother Witch, who teaches the sisters to kill children to keep their youthfulness. Flash forward, 2022, 29 years after the Sanderson sisters were resurrected and destroyed, teenagers Becca and Izzy are preparing to celebrate both Halloween and Becca's birthday. They turn down a party invitation from their estranged friend, Cassie Trask, who is more interested in her boyfriend and bully, Mike. Becca and Izzy visit a magic shop, formerly the Sanderson's Cottage, run by Gilbert, Sam Richardson, always awesome, who gifts Becca with a certain black candle for her annual birthday ritual. Becca, Izzy, light the candle, and since it's a full moon, and both these teenage girls are virgins, the candle resurrects the Sanderson sisters once more, and from their familiar and new hijinks ensue. How did we feel about this squad? I didn't know there were still high school virgins around. <laughs> I'm offended you think they were both virgins. I know, right? I'm pretty sure it's just the one girl who lit the candle. Yeah. The girl wearing the, the eyeball scarf, 
she gets hers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do appreciate that they they in the flashback of the olden times, the main sister wasn't that ugly compared to everybody else. I mean, she's not ugly. She does weird makeup. It was her. It was her wickedness that made her ugly. That's yeah. Lose the teeth. Lose the teeth. Yes. Right. There could have been a spell in that book to shave down teeth. Probably. She had strong teeth. She had good enamel. Yes. How did everyone feel about the young Sanderson sisters? I thought they were cute. Adorable. Y- yes. Round of applause to them. If Disney Plus already isn't greenlighting and developing a series with those three actresses playing those three characters, <laughs> they need to get on that now. Yes. So absolutely. everyone else at the same time watching the beginning was like, I could just watch this as the movie. Yes. You yeah. You don't even have to have any any of the rest of this. Like, let me just watch this. Yeah. The little Sarah was spot so on. So cute. <laughs> yeah. Like Mary didn't do quite enough. Like little Mary didn't do quite quite enough for me, but like those two definitely nailed it. Oh, and honestly, I was a little worried when it started there because Disney has what I refer to as a villain problem mm-hmm. where modern Disney seems a little shy and unwilling to just have evil bad guys. And I was worried they were opening with this so that we would somehow be super sympathetic to these child murderers <laughs> and therefore be rooting for them. Through the course of the movie, or, I'm or happy maybe to TC, or maybe the the film is showing us that for a hundred years of Disney making women villains, that if we look back into it, in the time they lived in, it was either be oppressed or become a villain. And in those are the scenarios. Yes, I will kill a few children. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a very good point. <laughs> Every revolution starts somewhere, TC. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so I'd like to kind of snowball off of what TC said earlier about Disney having a villain problem. I actually think they did have a faux pas in this movie by not making Tony Hill's pilgrim character worse. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he didn't threaten to burn them at the stake or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. drown them in the river or anything. Disney kept it very clean and they're just like, oh, she has to marry this guy she doesn't really like. Yeah, That makes this adult evil because he's forcing what's happening to every other girl in the village to happen to her yeah i don't it, it just wasn't giving me evil so much as i don't like the rules of society <laughs> kim mary tc i am now evil <laughs> Di- well Di- we already knew you were evil let's be yeah <laughs> they kind of shied away from like the true like horror part of it that that was from the 90s film where they like sh- they hung them in in the yeah, in yeah. the very beginning of hocus pocus they're 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 hung and yeah they definitely shied away from anything too i guess for lack of a better word scary for audiences yeah. yeah they did pull back just enough where it wasn't as dark as that original one because critics yeah. really did have a problem with that original one because it's child murder and you get to see them hung on screen so it's it's that it's probably the last throws of quote-unquote kids movies or family movies being a little dark and disturbing like we got from like labyrinth or black cauldron or mm-hmm. rats and them and like those older era family movies that were a little like yeah. you watch them now and you're like jesus <laughs> <laughs> it's true yeah. but also they didn't water it down this still has a bit of a edge to it it's it's yeah. not the standard disney hokey super family friendly movie i didn't even think they'd say the word virgin let alone let that continue to be a plot point. Why couldn't you do the spell? Come on. Or, tr- or try to define it. <laughs> you know, I think my one of my problems with this from the beginning was I thought they watered down the original's edge. 
And mm-hmm. I say that when, so if you look at any other movie that took 30 years to do a sequel, when it comes back, it comes back edgier, it comes back bigger. It's pushing the characters to another level and mm. it, it gives a reason for the second movie to exist. This movie, I almost feel like they went out of their way to wheel back the Sanderson sisters to a point where they don't even seem like the same characters who would have done what they did in the first movie. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, they're still trying to kill this kid. Well, no, they're trying to kill the mayor. Never mind. Yeah. It, exactly. They're not even killing kids anymore. Yeah, they're trying to kill an adult. Yeah. Well, you know, come on. Killing kids is so mainstream. How many kids does Apple kill to, for every new OS update? It's just, you know. <laughs> yeah, but killing mayors, that's never been done. Hey. <laughs> uh, they did they did take away some of the import of like even sarah doesn't even get to sing in this movie which was her like main power in the first movie but she was very meta about it like that's my mm-hmm. only thing, that's <laughs> my only thing. <laughs> but jumping from them being children actors to the modern day we meet a new trio of young girls mm-hmm. who are the new leads taking the place of max and you know his sister and the yabos girl from the first movie Yabos. <laughs> uh, Allison is the Allison. Danny's the little sister. I remember her as the Yabos girl. Yabos girl. <laughs> so the new trio of girls, we meet them, but we don't really get to know anything about them other than they like, two of them like to um, say magic spells in the woods once a year. Mm-hmm. They don't really have much of a character development, whereas in the mm-hmm. first movie, and of course, with a sequel, I'm going to be comparing it to the first movie. That's just how sequels of course. go. Yeah. In the first movie, we meet Max, we meet his family, we kind of see their family dynamic. He's upset that he's he lives in Salem and he's from California. You know, that that's whole storyline. That's his background. We know what he's going through, what he's about, more or less. Mm-hmm. This new movie, I couldn't tell you anything about any one of these three main girls. No, nothing about, I know the one girl, her dad is the mayor. But mm-hmm. other than that, what do we know about the other ones? I was really... Nothing thirsty the whole movie for a backstory for for any of them or like what got them into into being interested in casting spells what got them into that give me some they were teenager girls exactly like give me some (laughs) origin story movie i'm begging you i think the the razor thin thing we get is that her birthday is halloween yeah she just spent her life obsessed with halloween honestly the best character in this movie for me is mike Cassie's boyfriend. He is pretty funny. Yeah. He has like a full arc in this. <laughs> he like like completely develops as a character. Like he has yeah. a beginning, middle, and end. I gotta give it to him. <laughs> Surprisingly so, because there are risks of tropism happening in this where they the way they set up the characters in high school, the way they set up their power dynamic, the way they set up a bully like Mike. And they they don't lean into that. They actually subvert that. Much like the mayor, who is played by Tony Hale in the Puritanical era back in the 1600s, Tony Hale plays the mayor now, the Mm -hmm. the great, 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 so on and so forth, descendant of him. Very clearly, the first scene, you're like, okay, well, here's our villain. And no. He's not that great. Defy expectations again. He's just a dope. He's Tony Hale. He's Tony Hale. Like, I would have liked him to be villainous somehow. Like, really, like, he's really the same guy or, you know, something. And he has it in him. He's, he plays a villain in um, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. So I know he has that energy within him to do it, but they, they were afraid. The director, the screenwriters, they were all too afraid to let him loose. Mm-hmm. We meet the young Sanderson sisters. We meet the new young girls who are the leads of this film. We meet Sam Richardson. Mm-hmm. Finally, I want to say 30, 
35 to 40 minutes into the movie, the Sanderson sisters make their appearance in a musical number. Yeah. In such a fashion that were this played in a theater full of people, they pause for applause. Yes. They appear, they hold for applause. Yes. They let you know from the beginning, we're just here to have fun. We're not here to tell a serious story. This is what we have for you after 30 years. Well, I think that Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy, they came to play. Yes. They are happy to have been returning to these roles. I think they are really having a blast. They they were enjoying themselves. Absolutely. My biggest complaint is that Sarah's hair was no longer parted on the side. It was parted down the middle as a... As a bow down to Gen Z, it makes me upset. <laughs> this is a millennial movie. She should have a side part. I think we just got to admit millennials don't matter anymore. Okay, you just <laughs> shut up right now. Oh, that, hurt. that hurt to hear. We are aging out of the target demographic. Yeah. They don't advertise to you guys anymore. Uh, <laughs> anyways, well, I think I feel like this whole movie was was basically a love note to millennials like it like everybody who grew up with the movie mm-hmm. with, with the original movie is watching this because they loved it and there were some moments that i was charmed that's for sh- lack of a better word mm-hmm. had kind of warm fuzzies watching the movie would you say they put a spell on you uh <laughs> <laughs> we even get doug jones returning yes he yes. gets a little side quest with sam richardson which I, I absolutely pointless with more of <laughs> It was pointless, though. Like, it did nothing to extend the story. Yeah. I was going to say I could have done without it. I really thought you were well, going to say... Well, either done without it or done with more of it. Because yeah. what we get is essentially a montage at best. It would yeah. have been more interesting to see... Billy's night out. Billy's night out. Bringing Billy in sooner and giving him more to do. Because he, he is disconnected from the plot in so much as he is a prop. Yes. For the spell that the Sanderson sisters want to perform. Right. And I would have liked to see more of him involved because I really like Sam Richardson and I'm a huge fan of Doug Jones. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. So to see more of them would have been great. And I think by and large, that's what this movie is offering is a lot of like, oh, good. More of that, please. Like more of the little Sanderson sisters. Seriously, the three of them kicking the movie off with them. They they practically steal the show from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of Billy, more of Sam Richardson. And as Kim was saying, a little more backstory wouldn't have hurt on our main characters. I don't know. You guys sound pretty greedy. You just, just be glad this wasn't shitty. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm greedy because it took 30 years. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've worked up a hunger in that time. It was never going to happen. They, one executive one, one day decided, you know what? Let's give millennials something. They had a rough two years. <laughs> And then you guys look at this beautiful sandwich you were given. It's like, I don't know. It doesn't have enough mayo. (laughs) Don't hear me wrong. I actually really enjoyed this movie. I -hmm. was surprised because I came in expecting it to be kind of crappy. But I sat down. I had a group of my friends. We watched it together, ready to riff tracks through, ready to MST3K it if we had to. And right from the get, all of us sat back in surprise going, oh, Okay. Okay. And we're <laughs> laughing at all the jokes. We were enjoying all that was being presented to us. And I think herein lies the problem with the critics of the original. The critics of the original, Gene Siskel, Roger Ebert, those guys are the gods of film criticism. I'm not going to look at them and, and say they're wrong. They're wrong. I do feel <laughs> they were wrong because I feel like what they do did and what critics 
tend to do now is look at a movie and expect it to be for them, for their mm -hmm. age level. And right. while I could look at this and point at it from an adult perspective and say, oh, they should have developed this and they should have developed this, I don't disagree that this movie could be stronger for those. However, I don't think this is made for 30 and 40-year-olds. Not really. I think this is made for 12-year-olds, for the kids that we were in 1993 watching mm -hmm. the original to see a movie that's mm, dark, quote-unquote. That movie yeah. that's not just a hokey kids' family movie that has a little bit of a bite to it. And taking it in and, and enjoying it as like a kid again, like like imagining myself watching this and just and just tapping into that childlike innocence of watching a movie like this, I found a whole hell of a lot to enjoy here. Yeah, I kind of I watched it with a group of people as well. We watched it outside on a on a projector and stuff like that, and it was it was a it was a lot of fun. I fully admit that. Kim, <laughs> did you watch this alone? Kim saw this by herself in the dark. No, oh. I watched it with my roommate, and we both disliked okay. it. Okay, <laughs> misery does enjoy company. With this movie, absolutely. <laughs> the, well, well, I, I, like Kim, I'd like you to expand on that. And like, I'm here being pragmatic in terms of like, I can enjoy it from this regard, and I could see where its fallacies are in this regard. I am curious why, like, what what was the big sin of this movie for you? Everything Doggett's saying about it, Doggett and you, I think, are both saying this movie wasn't meant for millennials. I don't know why it couldn't have been. We're a huge market. Typical mm. millennial. My okay, okay. Let me <laughs> let me get my let me get my bit. Me 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 me. Want to give me a Harry Potter quiz too? Well, yes. Why can't it be about me? <laughs> I wanted. I think if they had brought this movie back, bigger budget, better effects, an actual script that had impact in any type of way, emotional, scary, you know, action, like any impact on any level. I felt like the whole movie I was on the the like small roller coaster at the county fair. Nothing really was happening. I was just kind of <laughs> moving up and down slightly. I want to be on that roller coaster that has killed five people. I want to be on that roller coaster where I'm up and down, striking and looping. I that what was what the, the first movie was for me. No, I, what? How? It how was it not? So many things happened. It was scary. Besides the hanging, it's just a nineties movie. They killed children. One child. They put them in they a killed cauldron. One child. Well, they kind of killed the Zachary Binks as well, which I'm kind of I, I can't believe we haven't mentioned him. No, no. If you live as a cat, you're living as a god. And how they disrespected him by putting in a non-speaking black cat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kim, I I absolutely see where you're coming from, and I think where the script is the weakest is where the first one is the strongest. Max, Danny, and Allison as our trio in the original one. There's an arc and a story for all three of those characters. They are POV. Those are the kids that we as kids attach ourselves to. Of course, everyone who had a crush on Thackeray the Cat as well. Uh, but Not in the cat form specifically. Being on the ride with <laughs> those three characters. <laughs> <laughs> I am not alone in this feeling, Doggett. No. <laughs> was it that weird, stupid accent he had? It, his fur was so shiny. That, oh, the one that kind of came and went. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Sounded like an X-Men so character. Pretty. <laughs> but where that is a very, very strong element in the first one and is the spine of the original one, that is the weakest point of this second one. That the Becca and Izzy and then Cassie are very underdeveloped avatars for our audience. And I think that the movie would be stronger if they just had that little bit of extra to them. 
So I absolutely see where you're coming from, Kim. What the what were the names of the main characters again? The original? In the original one, it was Max, his sister Danny, and the Yabo's girl Allison. What were the name of the actors? <laughs> uh, Amari Katz, Thora Birch, and Vanessa. Good pull this far. I give you credit just for knowing that off the top of your head. Who did who did cinematography? <laughs> your mother. Uh. <laughs> okay, I, let's let's rein this in. Let's let's kind of move into some final thoughts here because I do get a sense of where everyone is laying on this. But I'd love to you know bring this this magical spell to to an end here. So, Doggett, why don't you kick us off? Uh, guys, Space Jam Two was just last year. Come on, we, we saw how bad it can get. This was delightful. This was the hope. It's like Corella, but the Hocus Pocus. I'll just admit it. I don't like the first one that much. I think it's cool. I think it's nice. I saw it every year as a kid because I had access to ABC Family and Disney Channel. So I watched it every year. I know. I Sarah Jessica Parker was the first white woman I was into. <laughs> and, but you know this new one it lacks maybe like the killer edge but they they kept sexuality you know we saw different types of people in this movie hey 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 that look look at that 90s movie that white ass 90s movie <laughs> Not as, the only darkness is the sky in that movie yeah, that's i'm just saying this has more representation i th- kind of think it's sometimes funnier I think the Roomba joke actually is pretty funny. <laughs> and it's not even just a throwaway. It comes back. I had fun. I was I expected nothing and I got more, which is the sweetest sentence in the world. <laughs> so I have to, by default, I have to give this one point higher than the original movie. Seven out of ten. I'm glad there wasn't a talking cat. Ooh. <laughs> Shots fired. I've never been so offended in my life. And I'm glad Salem didn't talk in Sabrina either. <laughs> and I'm glad oh when uh, Kiki's delivery service and the cat stopped talking. <laughs> oh, oh, that, Leave that's Gigi painful. out of this. Oh, dog it. You know, we are all aware here at oneofus.net that dog it is in fact a dog. So it yeah, does I'm not, not a cat. Just that's fair. His opinions that are also his own and nobody else's. <laughs> yeah. Harmony. I have to agree with Doggett, which is very weird. Um, I I was delighted with the movie. It was fun. It was a cool evening outside watching it here in Texas. It was with people who all loved the first movie and who were just excited to see these characters again. Could it have been better? Absolutely. It lacked teeth or bite. But all in all, I've I it was a good night. It was it was fun. And I, will I watch this one over and over again? Probably not. Will I watch the first one over and over again? Forever. (laughs) I like that they kind of, you know, from an esoteric sense, kind of did like, like did their homework on spells, which I thought was funny. I I think anybody who loved the first movie is going to enjoy it. If you haven't watched it already, go out and see it. It's it's fun. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Serums made of dead children. Oh. <laughs> uh, Kimberly, please uh, cast your incantation of thoughts here. All right. I apologize to everybody for the faces I made during the two prior reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I say everybody, I mean everybody on the recording. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I surprisingly did not enjoy this film that much. I know, you know, based on my previous words, you thought I was going to give it a really high score. 
but uh there was so much missing for this it was barely a movie and i say this because if if this movie wasn't a sequel if it was just the first movie i'm not even comparing it to the first movie anymore i'm just saying as a standalone movie it was just bad forgettable extremely forgettable the only thing that makes it even i watched this movie three days ago and i had to kind of re-watch it quickly today before this because i was finding having trouble thinking of specific things that actually happened in the movie all most of the characters were just doing things with no real motivation that made sense sam richardson's character was motivated to do what he did for the thinnest of reasons there's a witch at the beginning who gives the sanderson sisters her magical book we don't know why she does that she's just like hey hey girls in the woods here's a book it's so many things like that where I'm like, why did that happen? Does that make any sense? I don't know. Even the Sanderson sisters, main thing in the first movie, they needed to eat a child to be young again. They All they cared about was being alive past sunset. This movie, they were awakened by the black flame candle again, but there wasn't really that sense of urgency that we have to eat a child to stay alive past sunset. Is that just not a plot anymore? They didn't really mention it. Uh, they just get so sidetracked because they see somebody who looks like somebody they used to know and we're like, oh, we got to go kill that person. <laughs> there was no story here. I just could not pull away from thinking there is no real story here. There's no good characters. There's somehow too many characters and not enough like character background. They were just like, oh, we, we have a bunch of like two dimensional characters. Let's just add more characters <laughs> and see if that helps. It did not. Um, anyway. Long story short, I'm going to give this three out of ten flying Roombas. Uh, okay, sickle, sickle Ebert. <laughs> Ouch. Well, I have a confession to make. I don't Uh-oh. like the first movie. Booyah! Wow. I've been outnumbered this whole time. I think it's dumb. I think it's not as good as everyone holds it. Brothers unite! <laughs> Okay, I'm being actually a little more hyperbolic. I think the first movie is fine. I never really truly understood why why everyone loved it. I, I, I get it's like yeah, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll take. There's like a hundred other Halloween movies that I am more endeared to than it, but it could have something to the fact that I was raised by a very puritanical mother who wouldn't let me even see the damn thing, so I didn't see oh. it until I was older, and so then it gotcha. just never captured me. Don't the blame your did. mom. <laughs> <laughs> I blame his mother. <laughs> it's like you waited till you were 25 to eat a chicken nuggets. <laughs> so with that information in mind, I very much enjoyed this one. It, it may be because I didn't expect it to be all that good, but I thought this was great. It was not the typical made-for-Disney fair. I was surprised that it managed to maintain a PG sense of edginess to it. And it, it it is funny at times. There are some really solid set-up punchline jokes in this, uh, including a CVS mirror or a Walgreens mirror. <laughs> Midler, Parker, and Jimmy are loving being back in these roles, and that is very clear in what they're doing on the screen here. And while underdeveloped, the new cast is never child actor annoying, which is a very fine compliment for a made-for Disney movie. <laughs> This was really fun to watch with my friends as well. I really do recommend giving this a watch with a group of friends and just let yourself be a kid again. Or in my case, someone who wishes they had been seeing this as a kid. But 
that being said, I'm going to give it the highest score of this group here. I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 Snapchat youth filters. <laughs> all, all the millennials watching this movie, like Peppermint Patty and the Thanksgiving Charlie Brown, like, where's the, where's the bullies? <laughs> <laughs> I did miss the bullies. Where's Ice? Oh, go read the Topo Chico. <laughs>